Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about revolution. Hey now! And we're here, and we're live. Sponsored the great show by the Delago Resort Casino. My man, Jason Clue, the great one out of Delago. We are uh, going to probably have to head out for Valentine's Day. When I asked my wife, what do you want to do? She wants to be pampered at their spa. She wants to be taken. Taken. To Delago. Like that pause? Taken. Sam the Man Stasiak here with us today. Joshy Josh. Sam Fortier from the Daily Orange. My name is Josh. That's Paulie on the board. Who? And of course, we are live. Uh, the Baldwin Show. <laughs> is that the new thing? Who? Who? <laughs> you hit Sethy with a who? Is yeah. there anyone more dedicated to the craft than Sethy? He loves it. He oh, loves, he loves it, it, doesn't he? It. He oh. came by, he gave me the nod. He goes, hey, man, I'll play softball. He's in. Seth's playing softball. What He's position in. are we putting Seth at? We're playing Catcher. softball. Right You're- field. He looks like a right fielder. Kid that just stands <laughs> there and just. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that used to be insulting to be the right fielder. But unless, now, you got, unless you're facing lefties, you better yeah, watch now it. Now that ball, it's slow pitch softball. They can hit the ball around the field. Plus, you have to have the strongest arm to play right field. You want to throw that guy out of third. Yeah. You athletic, Sam? Uh, I, I don't know if I would call myself athletic. Are I you like making promises I can't keep? You know, Are you more this wasn't a trick question, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would call myself athletic. He looks what like a mean? skinnier version of Josh. <laughs> they kind of look uh, like brothers. Yeah, do you got ups? I I can I play yeah, basketball you're, you're, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I play a little Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Ringer. <laughs> he's a, a ringer, man. And you know he's got guys we could just qualify by slipping him and have him say two words, and he's an on mic mm-hmm. performer. Yeah. We load up with all Sam's young friends and just coach. Oh, we okay. now go to our weather correspondent, Dikembe Matumbo. Dikembe. Unbelievable. In the news today, I'm fascinated by this because it is where um, the old meets the new in the way that they play the game. Goose Gossage, the uh, former relief pitcher for the New York Yankees, rips... Cashman rips him. I can't. I can't. I don't, can I say that? You no. You can say effing and a hole. Yeah, that's how yeah, you say this it. This is how he describes uh, Mr. Cashman. So it looks to me that the goose used to have a pretty decent relationship with Cashman. Gossage, who was a Yankee legend from the bullpen, does not agree with how baseball operations are running the game at this time. So, you know, when, when I look at that, and, and I remember these this era when Goose played. You know, he was a guy that stood on the mound and looked at the batter and went, I'm throwing a fastball. If you can hit it, hit it. And he just piped it by you. I mean, he, he really was a favorite at Yankee Stadium. We loved the Goose. Munson behind the plate. Sparky Lyle came out of the pen as a left-hander. You know, I mean, it was uh, it was an awesome combination to watch Sparky throw that big gliding slider and then Gossage coming and just hammer it down your throat. Uh, he really didn't have any other pitches. He just threw a fastball. Um, yeah, but- I had the luck of uh, he was on the 84 Padres team that went to the World Series, so I grew up watching him play too. And he would just, they'd throw Lefferts in there, he'd throw a soft little screwball at people, and then he'd come in and just throw gas at people Man, for two innings. Piped so he, it. Yeah. But his point was, and, and he got into trouble 
some years ago when he criticized Rivera, uh, the Yankee, you know, great uh, bullpen pitcher and, and save artist. But his point was, you're going to compare me to Rivera, where Rivera comes in and throws to two batters or three batters or only half an inning, uh, compared to I'd come in, you know, to start the seventh and pitch the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and and pitch for many, you know, sometimes even into into uh, uh, extra innings. So, you know, I think I think the money is a factor when he sees how much these guys are making to to be so specialized now. But also, the game has changed in that long ago we would look at, a, at at how sad it was to see in my eyes a Joe Montana in a Kansas City uh, Chiefs uniform. Um, so, you know. There isn't that kind of loyalty to a player anymore. You're, when your number's up, if you're viable to be traded or it works better for the team, you're gone. You know, so I think that there that it's a it's an old way versus the new way, and Cashman has been able to adjust to that. When Steinbrenner Senior was alive, he had a lot of say in what went on, and I think Cashman had to cater to what he wanted. I remember the great story I told you about Don Mattingly. Um, Delta Airlines became the airline of the New York Yankees, even though they had a, a relatively extensive contract with another airline at the time, because. In Sports Illustrated magazine, at the back of the Sports Illustrated, they have faces in the crowd. So it'll be you know Tommy Anderson won seventy five consecutive matches in high school. Yeah, you know they tell these these stories of athletes you would never hear about. Well, in Faces in the Crowd was a story of a guy who was batting like six hundred in Evansville, Indiana, named Don Mattingly, and so he was so taken aback by this guy's numbers that when he got off the plane, he called Cashman and he said, find out about this guy, Don Manningly, and then of course became a Yankee captain and an all-time legend batting-wise with the Yankees. Because of the loyalty and the superstition of finding him on Delta, he switched the Yankee <laughs> airline to Delta Airlines because of reading it on a Delta flight. Amazing. Now that's the kind of stuff that you'll never see again. They would have said to him, we have a contract with Continental or whatever, you can't change it. He didn't care. Steinbrenner was that guy. He's gone now, you know, and so Cashman has had to change the game to to what the times are now, and there isn't that kind of diehard loyalty. So evidently Cashman has said they don't need the help of Goose Gossage. They don't want him coaching anyone. They don't need him at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium at, 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 at a spring ball. And I, I think Gossage is, uh, he's hurt by it. Dare it, I say his goose is cooked? Don't. No. Yes, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> was there a lot of time put into that? Were you, were you actually waiting I, to say I that? I did. I sat there with the, <laughs> no, the gun cocked. I, I, <laughs> I can see he sat on that for a while. That's just terrible. Is Goose like the kind of guy who's maybe hanging around the party too long? Like, is that the kind of the sign they're trying to give him? Like, he's been out, what, 22 years at this point? He made 10 mil in his career, too. Oh, that's it? Yeah, especially for baseball. Yeah. From, as, as the greatest relief pitcher for close to a decade. Ten million. The best, the best in the business. I mean, he was that wow. good. What did he win? Three World Series. Uh, that's a good question. How many World Series? He won at least two. I think three. I Seventy-seven, seventy-eight, and eighty-one, or something like that, or somewhere. Uh, in there. Uh, oh, forget. Come on, let's talk about Paul. Can you see that far? I can't even. I can barely see. There's a computer. It doesn't there. say what World Series. He, how He's covered. Josh, he's all over it. I'm all over it. Right how now. many World Series? I know Series he went to one in '84 with the Padres, but and lost. at least three with the Yankees. So here we go. Dead air. Dead he... air. It's hard to find. Only has one. Only one? 1978. World Series champion, 1978. That's the only one. I think he went three times, then maybe he lost twice. Yes. Well, you know, it's all his fault. He deserves what he gets. Nine <laughs> times All Star. Nine time All Star. I said it, but a decade. So, yeah, he, he was the man. Uh, you know, 
there's something about if you're going to be trouble in a clubhouse, you're going to stir stuff up. I can see why a GM doesn't want anybody in there. It's going to influence, you know, in a negative way, the organization. So um, if if indeed Gossage is a disruptive factor, then you can see why he doesn't want him there. But there is something to be said because there's a lot of fans that go to Yankee Stadium, and I'm one of them, that seeing a guy like Gossage around is a, is a throwback to a time when mm-hmm. the game was different. Um, and, and, and it also... Uh, you know, I mean, ask ask the great one. You know, when 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 Ed Levine shows up at a game and you see some of the great athletes. If you if Jim Brown walks in the stadium, there's guys my age that remember when Jim Brown played. You know, and remember the legend of Brown when he played with Cleveland. And one of the great things about like what we're talking about about Gossage, he's in that category. You know, Jim Brown said himself to me once. He said, you have to understand that when I got on the field, all 11 guys on the other side knew I was going to get the ball like 85% of the time. Same as O.J. Simpson. Certain offenses were certainly at that time catered around one guy, Barry Sanders. You knew Barry was coming, and you had to stop Barry Sanders. The same thing for Gossage. He threw one pitch, really. And so you knew. You got up to back going, it's coming at me. It's coming at me at 95-plus. And it's you know he's going to throw it right down the middle. It doesn't matter. You just have to catch up to it. And so and there were guys that got that 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 dinged him and got him. But there was something really uh, uh, you know mono mono about that. You know I mean it was, well, it was great. And again, a miserable Padres story is he was pitching to Kirk Gibson in the '84 World Series, and Dick Williams came out and said, "Walk him." He said, "I'm not going to walk him." Dick Williams said, "You're going to walk him." I'm your manager. He goes, "I'm not going to walk him." So Williams said, "Okay," and let him out and. Gibson hit one into the upper deck at Tiger Stadium. Off oh, so, so, Yeah, so yeah, so he didn't know he didn't he didn't always get him, but you know, when you make when you connect with a ninety nine mile an hour fastball, it's going to travel. It well, sounds like he's kind of a pain in the ass. Like he does what he wants to do, and maybe he is a distraction at but but you, but but you know you have to outsmart that. You know you you have to use that in in, in a way that you can. Uh, you know, you, you, having him on the field during spring training, I don't know how that's going to hurt anybody really bad. Unless, again, of course, he's going to say, man, this guy sucks. You know, mm-hmm. And he's going to say bad stuff. But you, you use that for alumni stuff. You use that to bring him in for old-timers game. You use that, and you keep him around. You, know, you keep him interested. You throw him a little bone. Again, making $10 million to be the best pitcher, relief pitcher in all of pro baseball, and a legend for the New York Yankees, there's got to be ways that you can constructively keep a muzzle on him and utilize him. They haven't found a way to do that. Uh, and and I, I think that uh, there's probably both sides that probably need to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to offend a lot of people if you if you were to keep him away from Yankee Stadium, like ban him or something. There's going to be a lot of people that remember Gossage and like them. I he think does. it offends people like, you know, old-timer fans that, like, have been going for a long time. I think the kids who are on the team now probably have no idea who he is. I mean, they'll know his name, but he hasn't played in 22 years. You probably right. have no you're idea right. who he is. So go through Yankee Stadium on a packed Sunday, and they're playing Boston. And you tell me if there's going to be more guys in that stadium who are buying the tickets. Forget about the number of people. The guys who bought the tickets, 75% of them know who Goose Gossage is. Because yeah. it's fathers buying the tickets for their kids and their families and mm-hmm. so on. And if that guy's an average of 50 years old or more, which he probably is, or somewhere in that range, he remembers who Gossage is mm-hmm. for sure. He was, Gossage is probably one of his heroes if he's a long-term Yankee fan. So... I, I, I always wonder, a lot of times it's better to just not say anything yeah. and, and, and digest it. I think Cashman has been smart. He's been he's kept his mouth kind of shut about it. He's certainly not going to get pushed around by a former relief pitcher on a team that he's the GM of. Yeah. But if Goose is smart, someone will get to him and say to him, hey, settle down now and, and, and we'll bring you back at the right time. Goose doesn't like that the Yankees have gone 
completely cybermetrics though he likes he doesn't think that the, the yankees manage their team anymore and he doesn't the cashman doesn't let the managers manage the team it's all by the numbers and he's kind of upset that baseball's gone that way and well, he's kind of speaking right. quite loudly about right. it right so. and that's but that's what i brought up in the beginning mm-hmm. there's that school of the guy who makes delta airlines that's gossage he's like mm-hmm. man delta great we found mattingly that way you know forget about the numbers crunching involved whether it met economic sense for them to cancel one contract what would the he didn't care and steinbrenner had the money to do that so um gossage is more of that school than a guy who's going to turn around and go he's thrown 46.7 pitches in two innings the chances of us using him in game seven you know as opposed right. to looking and go are you tired go ahead throw another inning yeah. you know what i mean they're not about that they're about his effectiveness on a graft and you know all that and that's what it's become and that's not who goose gossage was it's the inherent tension of generations yeah, it, well, it's become more of a, a scientific thing, you know. I mean, uh, millennials, uh, we had this conversation. I was in a meeting today with the great Ed Levine, and we were talking about different things uh, to do on certain shows uh, that, that they do here um, and, and, and where I'm involved in that. And I said, well, people today want to be involved. So the more you can lob out to the audience and get interactivity with them, either Facebook, Twitter, um, calling in, uh, Facebook living and have them make comments and then address what they're saying live while you're on there and be able to slip in and out of those topics is imperative to creating a larger audience. So now that's not something that I'm from. I'm a guy that they wrote the script sometimes 10 years ago and you have to update the script because they're using eight tracks in it unless you're doing a period piece. So you have to grow you know, your material that you do, but it's well planned out and written with a the theme of how you're, how you're going to shoot it, a full execution of when I want to turn around and I have a character and he's the bad guy, but I don't want to let you know he's the bad guy yet because it's not out in the script. So by having his face never be full frontal, so you never really get to know his eye expression, is a subliminal way to photograph this character that, believe it or not, leads you later on to be even more surprised because you never got to see anything in his eyes. Those are camera tricks and things that you do in order to set this up. That's all plotted ahead of time. We're doing live radio right now. People are yeah. listening to us as we speak. I want to know what they think. I want to know what they want to talk about. I want to, If they don't want to talk about what we have plotted, because I write stuff for the show sure. every single day, and Josh and Paulie, and you have your agenda with Syracuse basketball, and I like having you on the show because I think you bring a fresh set of eyes to it that's younger than we are. So I, I like that. But I want, I want 50,000 more guys like you all around SU and all around here and all around wherever they listen to us to be active in this and write us and tell us, because I want to know what they want to talk about. They I want to talk about Yankee baseball. They might be only talking about, you know, chicks at Shaughnessy's tonight. <laughs> nice. I heard McNamara packs him in. Does he? I heard he packs him in. He's still got a good look to him. I heard he's a man giant. Come on now. You That's know what I'm it. hearing. Let's go to break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about Greg Popovich, the San Antonio Spurs coach, says that the United States is a racist country. Oh, no. Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio Syracuse. Every Thursday, Coach Bayheim talks orange basketball with Brent Axe. Brought to you by Skinny Atlas Jewelers. On the pulse of the orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The Cruncher in Utica this Valentine's Day to take on the Utica Comets Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Countdown of Crunch Time starts at 6.45. Puck drop at 7 on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. And now, and we are back. And uh, as, as I, I promised, I lied. I promised that we were going to talk about San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich. 
saying that the U.S. is a racist country. And we're going to talk about that. Go ahead now. But no, 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 no. I want to do the whole secondary lay-in, get ready to go. But when we went to break, we were... You got guilted into it. Paulie the Mole started crying about the fact that we didn't get the so what yesterday, that he's got a new so what ready. He goes, well, we, we can get the so what sometime today, I guess. So you know what? Back by popular demand, Polly the Mole, so what? Can I so what, so what? Do you know how hard it is to copy and paste the first three lines out of a news story? <laughs> it's exhausting. Roger Goodell, uh, NFL commissioner, wants to rewrite the catch rule, but people who have looked it over and studied it for years are saying that no matter what they do, it's going to be equally exasperating and the consequences will be the same. You know what's going to rewrite the catch rule? Rewrite and throw out throw out unless it's within two minutes of the game not even the first half with two minutes left in the game you get one red flag to throw for replay and that has to be executed in 30 seconds the rest of the game you cannot challenge a call by a referee whatever he calls no matter what they show in a replay that he blew it let it go back to the referees call the game with the game on the line you have one chance to throw the red flag out to determine the outcome of a game. Did he step out to do whatever and review it? That's it. That's the one time you're allowed. Bingo. Well, and did you see they're trying to review this play two weeks after the Super Bowl now? That Nick Foles, uh, uh, that that fancy Nick Foles catch. I guess it was an illegal formation, but no, but they called it okay on the field, and now they're looking back and it, going, well, yeah, I guess it was an illegal formation, and they're trying to. Look at it now, two weeks later. Oh, when he walked up and tapped and did the funny when Foles caught the yeah, ball? Yeah, when Foles caught the ball, yeah, it was totally to be illegal. All... Guess what? When Foles went up there and threw the arm down saying, check, you know, check, check, or whatever whatever it is, he yelled at uh, that linebacker or that cornerback that had outside responsibility there blew it. Mm-hmm. He blew it. When the ball got snapped, he backpedaled him with Foles running clearly to the, to the corner of the end zone. He didn't even react to him, so... No, I don't care what the formation is. You know what? They lost. Falls won. Falls is going to become a Buffalo Bill. That's a lock. Boom. <laughs> so what? Lock. Or no what? I just said my whole piece. How could it be so what? All right. Anybody? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's legit because everybody complains about it, but I don't know if football move is the best qualification for that. they, they got to come up with something better. I agree. But I agree with Daniel. One review the whole game. I, I say <laughs> hook up electrodes and give them a lie detector test. <laughs> Did you catch the ball? <laughs> What do you think? Jeff? And I agree with uh, every receiver is going to pass on that. Seth Glansberg out there in the hallway. I agree that he tweeted once that if they can't decide it in thirty seconds, then they then there's no you can't overturn it. You get right. thirty seconds to try to decide. Right. That's it. You should be able to watch it twice. That's it. The New York Giants have hired Mike Shula as offensive coordinator. So what? So what? So what? So what? Yeah, around the horn. Triple. So what? Savage. Big news. We carry the Giants here, so be ready for that next football season. No. A man who claims to be from the year 2030 has revealed a number of predictions for the future <laughs> and has undergone a lie detector test and passed the self-declared time travel, who goes by the name of Noah, claims he has risked his life to tell those living in the present what the future has in store. Okay, I have to lay this out for you unless you're watching on Facebook Live. As he was reading this, when he got to the point of saying 2030 future, the lights got dimmer in the room a freight train of the, the elevated mm-hmm. tracks right by, mm-hmm. and you heard, it got mm-hmm. very surreal in here. I can't say so what anymore. I can't say so what. I love time travel. I do. I want him in the studio. We got to talk to him. I want him in here right now. I want to talk to him. But how do you pass, how do you pass a, a, a lie detector test from the future? Because you believe it. I guess. <laughs> like, what are you quizzing him on? Because like no, the predictions you know he made. You know why? 
Because no one lies in the future. Oh, I guess that's no right. No one lies in the future. That would be a great future. And if he's there from the go. future, he probably knows some magic serum that helps him like not get tricked by lie detectors. 357 gigawatts! Oh. oh! He said that there will cure some diseases such as cancer, some cancers, and uh, he knows sporting events. He says Trump gets re-elected that's in yes, 2022. Yeah, he said Trump will be re-elected. Trump will be reelected. I want to know, can you imagine right now if we were to bust a move into one of those big, big sporting outlets in Vegas and we were to know who was going to win the Super Bowl in 2029? Dude, Biff Tannen right there, Sports Almanac. You go in there, you bet all the 2029, ponies. 2029, the odds that you would get to pick the winner now would be mm-hmm. like a mi- two million to one. I'd love it. Like oh. you said off air, it's going to be some team that doesn't even exist right now. Yeah, it will be. It will be the, the Syracuse <laughs> yeah. Armstrongs. The Tropicana Hawks or something like that, right? right. Half the country will already belong to North Korea. So. Oh, wow. Oh, hot, wow. Take. hot take. That's a hot take. Okay. hot take. San Antonio Spurs' Greg Popovich says the U.S. is a racist country. Popovich was asked about the importance of Black History Month. He also said the NBA has a lot of black guys. The point is... That you have to keep it in front of everyone's nose so that they understand that it is still been taken care of. And we have a lot of work to do. That is a quote from the great Greg Popovich. So I guess what he's trying to say is that uh, we have a long way to go in as far as... uh, um, the racial rights uh, and, and racial equality in this country, which I don't think is a great secret. I think we've made great strides. We've had an African-American president. We have an African-American daytime talk show host who is buying to run for president, I believe, in Oprah Winfrey. Um, um, but certainly there are certainly um, job opportunities when we look at sports. Um, there is a disproportionate amount of non-head coaches and and uh, coordinators um, and big, big assistant coaching positions, head coaching in college sports too. Very small number of African Americans versus the number of African American talent that's on the field. So we have we have a way to go, but uh, I I think that lumping the entire nation into a comment like that it's is, pretty stupid. Well, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say that Popovich is stupid, but I want to say that uh, uh, that's a big statement to make. You know, uh, that that would include him, wouldn't it? Yeah, there's racism in the country. There are racist people. It ha- we have a very racist history in this country. But to say that this whole country is racist is wrong. You can't I'm in this say- country. I'm not racist. I'm pretty cool. You can't say that about the whole country. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, um, uh, something more responsible would have been, we live in a country where there is still racism or something. Yes, to that effect. Yeah. But to say that we live in a racist country is a, a pretty big statement by Popovich. I'm not sure if he realized when he said it. Uh, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a buy right now, but uh, pretty broad um, brush. I'm, 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 I'm wondering how much they're gonna take off on that. When you consider something that people don't realize in this country, the city of San Antonio is now the seventh largest city in the country. It is rapidly on its way to become the sixth largest city in the country, and it is the only city in the country that has less Caucasian people in it in its populace less than 50%. It is 80% Latina, a Latino in the city of San Antonio. So, Sounds like a party. So, so yeah. Uh, Feliz Navidad, my friend. Nice. So, um, so with that said, and with all the racism that is r- rampant in, in, uh, in San Antonio in this country, if I was Popovich, I'd be careful. I'd be really careful. Mm, I like it. <laughs> We're going to talk about 
SU basketball with the great Sam the Man Stasiak uh, and the rest of the team after this break. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Hi, it's Jim Beheim, and you're listening to the Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, and we are back with SU, SU Basketball, my friends. Tomorrow, Valentine's night at nine o'clock. Nine, at nine o'clock. o'clock. What a great so, tip time! No, is it a great tip time? No, no, no. It's a terrifying tip yes. time. I, I turn around and so it's Valentine's night, and I said to my wife, I go, "Well, what do you want to do for Valentine's Day?" Now I'm trying to slow dance this. Out. You know, let me. You know, I got a couple of things I want to give you, and, I, and you know, we'll go to a nice dinner. We set up the babysitter; she can actually stay overnight, so it's great. And I said, you know, and then if you want to, we can go to the, I really want to go to the yeah. <laughs> And she goes, Daniel, going to the basketball game is not my idea of a Valentine's Day. I go, but it starts at nine. I go, it starts at nine. So she goes, so we're not going to get home until 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night from a basketball game. She goes, no, I don't want to do that. So I'm out. I'm not going to be able to see the game. But Hottest club at Syracuse tomorrow. Man, we got to win this game. So tell us, Sam, give us the preview on the game. Tell us a little bit about NC State. So, NC State has Omer Yurtseven, the seven-foot rim protector. He's Turkish. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, a couple years ago, I was, like, walking into Manly Fieldhouse for an interview, and, like, all of a sudden, there's just this random seven-foot guy, and I asked the PR person there, I was like, uh, who is that? Thinking he was a basketball recruit, and he was, and I guess he just stopped by um, and was kind of like, hey, I'm interested in your program. So, they showed him around, but he ended up picking NC State, and he's kind of a a vital cog for them, because they take four guards they spread them out. Their second tallest player on the court most of the time is 6'6", six, six, and they have that seven-foot rim protector. Uh, so I think you should watch out for him. He's the kind of the player to watch tomorrow. Can he beat up on the Chuk? Because I like the Chuk. Uh, he's bigger than Chuk. Than Chuk. <laughs> he's I like about that better than the Chalupa. <laughs> you like that better than the Chalupa? I like Chuk. the Chuk, yeah. Yeah, you can't juke the Chuk. Put up your Chukes. Chuk <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on it. Ah. <laughs> so, so he's bigger than 7'2"? No, he's seven foot, but he's he's like uh, I guess he's more th- he's thicker than you. Oh, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a yeah. round mound. Yeah, he's two hundred forty pounds. So he's isn't that funny that two hundred forty pounds for a guy that's seven foot tall is a lot? I weigh two sixty. <laughs> he's <laughs> a foot taller. Than me. Yeah. What are you trying to say? Anyway, uh, so what is uh, NC State's record this year? They're you know? uh, they're seventeen. They're sixteen and nine. They're one game worse overall than Syracuse, but they have the same six and six record in the ACC, which makes this a big game for the Orange because if Syracuse can win and get that head-to-head, it's kind of like the Virginia Tech teams that you're going to be on the bubble with that you can get a, a game on. Is NC State on the bubble? Yeah, I, I would think so, yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in the same position. So this is a very important game for them as well. Yes. I was, I was saying last... The NC State reminds me a lot of last year's Syracuse team. They've got some bad losses, but they've got some really good wins. So who's, it's kind of... Who have they beaten that matters? Uh, they've beaten the number two team in the country at least three times. <laughs> they beat Virginia, Duke, and Arizona all when they were number two. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So they have some very impressive wins. Well, so they, they but but and that negates them losing to uh, Triple Horn State yeah, or whatever they lost to UNC Greensboro and losses because like we don't that. have any of those. Off the top wins. Of my we don't head, have I anybody big we've beaten. 
Louisville on the road, and that's it. The, the Louisville on the road wasn't win, even in the top 20 yeah. when we beat them. I mean, they beat the number two team three times? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a hell of a lot more to be Louisville on the road. Sorry, fellas. But yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – that, that, I didn't realize they were going to be that much of a threat. Yeah. Sam introduced me to something, though, as far as SU basketball goes, uh, <clears throat> called the Levels of Bayheim that he was watching. He was right by the court, I guess, for the – Wake Forest game. Wake Forest game. And they, they went, what, was it six in a row? They hit seven six in a row? threes in a row, yeah. Uh, and you witnessed Jim Bayheim going from zero to – not a hundred, but he he <laughs> yeah. went there. So so Beheim, they hit. I think it was the second three that Wake Forest hit, and he almost took his jacket off. The third yeah. one, he took his jacket off in that kind of iconic Beheim move, and then they hit another three. They hit uh, you know the fourth one, yeah. And it was like he was almost so mad. He was like, "Well, what do I do now? The jacket's off. That's yeah. usually as mad as I get." So he kind of looked. He walked over and he kicked the chair, and that was pretty effective. And then they hit the sixth three, and he turned, and I like. I don't think he knew what he was going to do, but he ended up going over and shaking the chair. Nice. And so, you know, my question to Josh for the show was, what is what's that next level of <laughs> he's got, he's what's got to walk over to one of the males, male uh, cheerleaders and punch him in the face. Punch him right in the face. Punch him right in the face. <laughs> the guy just takes one for the team. He's that big, thick guy, and he just walks up and he punches him. So, so, here, so here's a, here's something that's interesting, and that is the players that are on the bench. Which not a lot of them play for Syracuse. He runs about seven guys in the lineup. So, but the are the players on the court taking note to these? You know, so he's doing that. You think to get them motivated? O'Shea Brissett, after the first time when the kid on uh, Pittsburgh hit seven threes in one night, he ripped his jacket off. Then, and I was talking to O'Shea Brissett in the locker room after the game, and he was like, uh, "I, I, it wasn't." He didn't take his jacket off because of something I did, so that's good, and that's all I know. Yeah. So, but he's definitely making a point when he does it. It's a visual cue to the kids, so they know jacket off. <laughs> Play some trouble. defense. Oh yeah, Jacked dad's man. Dad's upset. Yeah. <laughs> he's coaching his ass off this year. He really is. He's out there. He's like as intense as I. I've been sitting right next to him now for nineteen years. He's as intense as I've ever seen him. It like, is amazing. He's he's, a, he's not young. No. He's, uh, he, he's seventy two. Yeah, he yeah. is out there, and he's kicking chairs and shaking them and freaking out and yelling. He's coaching his ass off. And if he, I, I've said this, if he gets his team to the tournament, it may be his best coaching job ever because he's got six guys and well, that's a big he's got a, he's got a, a mountain of turd. He's got to shape into something. It's like <laughs> a mountain of turd. <laughs> no. You can put can that in the Daily Orange, can, Sam. Go yeah, ahead. You, can, you can quote you Josh can quote on that. that. You can't say one of the schmucks said. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, I think he's, and then I, what was it, his last game? You he, can ask me any question you want. We'll see? <laughs> yeah, play that. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. Please play it. No, I was just saying. No, I want to play the schmuck line. Play. Is that a question or is that an observation? You can go on talk radio and do that, all right? With the rest of the schmucks. <laughs> go on talk radio and do that with the rest of the schmucks. I mean, he's not wrong. You know, I keep wondering why I haven't been invited to anything. I've known Jim Beheim for 40 years. Yeah. 40 years I've known him. You're going to the hardwood and, thing. You're going and, to go to the meal. And I, want to, I have not been invited to do a show. <laughs> I've not been invited to a game. I, Julie has been nice enough to invite mm-hmm. me. She said, call me if you want tickets. Like, I'm going to call Julie Beheim and say, can you get me some yeah. tickets? That's not going to happen. But she is the loveliest woman that you'll ever meet. And their daughter, Sweetheart. who evidently is like a stud in basketball. She is all, she, all, she's all those kids. Yeah. Well, I heard she can really play. According to Jim, that his older son that's at Cornell, you know, is, is a good athlete mm-hmm. and everything. 
Buddy can jay it. He's yeah. just—he's a gym rat. He's spent his whole life just chucking it, yeah. and he's refined that pretty well. We don't know exactly how he's going to be defensively and what that's going to end up being. But he said, raw talent-wise, the daughter is by far the most talented in the family, but she's not one that's going to do a lot of hard work or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to some interview he did about her, and and, uh, and Gomez knows him really, really well. Yeah, they're buds. So Gomez was uh, was laying it on me about the daughter. She's a really beautiful girl. Thank God she looks like her mother. Yeah. Yeah, she looks so much like her mother. That's I, the side of the game you want. I actually texted her, Julie, from the game, because a girl was sitting behind me, and people kept coming over and saying, I'm looking, I'm going... God, that girl looks just like Julie Bam. And I went, oh, duh. It's probably got to be your daughter. Mm-hmm. So I walked over and I introduced herself. Look at Robin. Yeah, Robin's Robin. got, she just went to the jewelry box. Oh, she got a lot of jewelry. Oh, Robin, mm-hmm. Robin. You might want to come in here and sit in for a second, dear. Because we're about to do a segment that you're involved in. So Robin went to, uh, anyway, so I texted Julie that I, that I um, had met her daughter. And my God, she looks so much like her. So Robin just went to close out the closing a branch of the bank we're at. Mm-hmm. So that's where the safe deposit box is. So Robin has all of her fancy jewelry at the safe deposit box. Mm-hmm. We were talking earlier. We have a, um, uh, something that you're going to be on in the next segment, honey. Really? Ooh, aren't it's you, exciting. Aren't you happy to be here? I'm very excited. I love your pink pen, honey. That's, that's from the Carolyn Baldwin Breast Cancer Research Fund in Central New York. I paid $100 for these three pink pens with breast cancer symbols on them and fake diamonds, unlike the rocks that you're wearing. Yeah, holy cow. Robin. It's Robin, Robin. Well, we'll come back and we'll, we'll let Robin know what she's going to be starring in yeah. very soon. It's Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now. Late point by Polly. Oh! <laughs> I like when Polly has to actually give me the point to tell me when I go back on. I like Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil, so it's just... You just wanted to say you got, <laughs> yeah, lost, you got lost in the tune. <laughs> so I was told this morning that my brother Alec has a wake-up option if you own Alexa. So that meaning that you can actually w- set your Alexa to wake you up at what time you want to wake up to my brother's voice of saying, you know, and, and, and so we've been searching, 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 trying to find this so we can play it for you because I have some very, very distinct memories. My father came up with the ingenious idea to give us bunk beds when we were little kids. Nice. And of course, Alec being older, he got the bottom bunk. When my father built the bunk beds, he did not take into consideration that A, his second son was going to be much larger than his first son. And B, he misjudged the ceiling the ceiling to mattress ratio. <laughs> uh, and oh, so no. now it was literally, you could not jump, you had to get in there, wiggle in. I lying down flat on my back, I had six inches at best. So Alec would wait till I fell asleep and he would put his feet on the mattress and jerk it as hard as he could and smash me. My face would then recoil and hit the ceiling and smash my entire head and face. Every morning I woke up this way. He woke up to the point where the plaster was broken and chipped away and would be in my eyes and my mouth. And this is the way that he woke me up all the time. So the idea of listening to even his voice on Alexa, although I do own Alexa, and listening to him wake me up in the morning, I think would would be kind of the equivalent of a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> yeah, helicopters are coming in. You would jump out of bed, though. You'd you know what? It would definitely wake me up really, really quickly. But now, in this time in my life, now I have the lovely Robin, who is my soulmate. And how I wake up now in the morning is this way. Hmm. 
what's happening. Hang on, wait, wait. Wait for a good one. That's a nice, that's a nice one. Get a big one. Wait, wait, that's not a good one. Wait, wait for one big one. <laughs> there it yeah. is, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I snore, and so Rob and I play jokes on each other all the time. And so I started one night. That's how Robin snores. She does this little like moan. Yeah. So she goes, mm, but she'll do it for an hour. And trust me, first you get turned on by it, then you get annoyed by it. <laughs> yeah, we just got uh, flooded with emails asking for that audio file. Yeah, yeah, so. they want the, they want the, or they want to teach their yeah. wife how to make that sound. Hey, Daniel, can I get that file for yeah, my, can uh, myself? I, can you, does that come with a picture or maybe a video? Oh, wow. <laughs> it just won't stop. Wow. That might have to be the opening of the show. <laughs> just that sound. You're now listening to the Daniel Baldwin show. Um, so that's how I get to wake up. So Robin and I play, you know, little little stunts and jokes on each other and then post them on Facebook. So uh, uh, that's one of the ones I got her recently. I recorded Robin. That's how she wakes me up. Uh, does that wake you up, though, or is that just kind of... Well, Robin does the, you know, I don't know about how you sleep with your spouse, mm-hmm. but Robin will... In another room. Well, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> How's that working out it's for you? It's fantastic. It's a lovely thing. So, no, Robin does the, she wants to spoon up next to you and put her nose, like, right in my yeah. ear. So, yes, when that's occurring, when she's in that position, if she's... She even... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow. So, would she... Joe she sells out to knock the Oh, you are in big trouble. Hey. Oh. Did you wow. hear your recording? Did you hear your fans are all texting in right now? I cannot believe you did that. The war is now officially on. <laughs> what do you mean? Just We're wait, listening honey. to you right now. Just wait. Mm. <laughs> I do that when I'm sleeping. <laughs> but you know what? I'll be more than happy to come in here one day when you're traveling and... Show the world what you do when you sleep. What is it? Oh, wow. Why don't you show them, dear? <laughs> oh. can, you give me a, can you give me an impersonation of how Daniel sounds? Yeah, do sounds? the impersonation okay, of it. Okay, maybe instead of showing, I'll just um, a play. <laughs> you know what I have to say back to that? Oh, you caught me off guard. <laughs> Yeah. Play it loud. I'm Play it get loud. You back. Play it loud. Play it's it really delicate. loud. It's very delicate, Miss Robin. It's lovely. It is. It's lovely, Robin. It's, it's very lovely. endearing. It is. It is. It is. It's like a female cricket. Oh, now I think you're in trouble the day before. <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble the day before Valentine's Day. No, I'm not in trouble. You know what will make up for that, Robin? A great basketball game tomorrow night at the oh. 9 p.m. 9 yeah, p.m. Baby. tip. 9 p.m. tip. Wait, you know what will really make up for that? Trip to the jewelry store. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Is this you, Daniel? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Daniel snoring. That, yeah, wow. listen, listen, I don't snore all the time, but when I do, it's bad. It's bad. I, I yodel it, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I've, listen, it's so bad. I've woken myself up from snoring. Oh, I've done that. I've done that. I did. I did. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah, totally. I went and got the mouthpiece molded at uh, one of our sponsors, Baldwinsville Gentle Dentistry. I don't do anything small, but I don't do it all the time. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, we have a, we have one bathroom downstairs that's right under the stairwell. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in the bathroom and I'll hear from way upstairs in the bedroom with the door closed. Are you in the bathroom down there? And I'll go, yes. Will you please close the door? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there, there it is. is that. Mm. 
Lovely Robin. Oh, love, yeah. Lovely Robin. Very nice. All right, well, we got to hand it over to Brent Dax. Sam Fortier of the Daily Orange. Thank you guys for having me as always. Who do you Man. call for the game tomorrow night? Quickly. Syracuse. You. Syracuse. you call Syracuse. Yeah. Oh. By four. By Syracuse four. by four. Sam Fortier. He's so, he's so manly. He's a manly man. <laughs> we thank Liverpool Pool and Spa. We, of course, thank the great Del Lago. We thank you for hanging out. We thank Robin's moany moanness. Uh, we appreciate that. Mm, Robin. Robin. I'm Daniel Baldwin. My name is Josh, and this is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Mm.